Are, are you recording? I'm recording, but I don't think it's picking it up. Oh, okay, good. So yeah, you, uh, so Chris, have you any ideas on your on the theme song? I think I tasked <laughs> you with that last time. Said hey, uh, no, no, I, I don't. I still don't have anything. I, I I I know I chimed in on that, but your idea was really good off the jump. So okay. I think, you know, mine would just be terrible, and we'd probably get sued because it would be something that would just not even fit. That's the problem. Is I'm, I, that's <laughs> the only reason we don't have that as our theme song is because Warner Brothers hasn't contacted me back on it. Yeah, our legal team's terrible. We can't afford a hit like that. No, no. <laughs> we run this whole thing in the red already. <laughs> not a good plan. Anyways, hey, everybody. Welcome to Beer and Bible, and I am Neil, and I do the studying stuff, and... And I'm Chris. I'm the official Bible reader and usually high-functioning alcoholic, but I'm slacking again. I'm uh, on coffee today, so yeah. I was just kind of like so tired. I slept like shit this past weekend, just like not that I like. I mean, I just didn't get good sleep. I don't know. I stayed up too late, and I, that internal clock fires off at like six thirty every morning, no matter if it's Saturday or if it's freaking Monday. So, yeah. All right, sorry about that, man. All right, <laughs> I'll live. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's why I'm on the coffee today instead of the good, the good Lord's grain. What are we drinking? Since I've got a nice, cup it's just of this. a Columbia, like a Colombian roast. Okay. It's something Stace picked up, and you know we've got that fancy little setup with our French press and our coffee mill and all that stuff. We're, you know, fancy, fancy, snooty coffee people, but we're putting like cheap beans in it. <laughs> All right, all right, I'll find another. But it's tasty yeah. enough. That stuff you had the other day was really good. I think it tasted better than this, but, you know, this was a spur of the moment. I'm going to fall asleep in the middle of a recording thing. Yeah, th- so this is uh, professional use, not recreational use. <laughs> all right, um, so we're, we're, uh, we're on our ne- uh, necessary necessity, our needed coffee. Yes, there all you right. go. Uh, anyways, uh, so today we are in Matthew chapter 9. We are in, the, again, back in that section, Matthew, uh, is the Gospel of Matthew is a biography of Jesus, and he splits it up to sections. He had a section of teaching, 5 through 7, and then 8 through 9 is a section of action Jesus. He does stuff, and that is in preparation for chapter 10, because if you're going to say that the disciples in chapter 10, he's going to send out his disciples to go do stuff, and we need to know what the stuff they're doing is. So they're doing what they're going to be teaching eight through uh, five through seven, and they're going to be doing eight through nine. So D- Jesus is kind of like still teaching, but like his disciples right now. He's like, "This is how you heal people. This is how you get them demons out of." Them. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, in so many words, yeah, he's and, not directly turning around and being like, "All right, check it out. You got to put the thumb on the forehead, and then punch him in the gut, and yeah. the demon will come out of the back." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly. It's not like a how-to guide, but you know what's funny is you say that. But in some rabbinic sources, I don't think I have them down, written down here, um, but they would, like, have rings, and they would, like, pull the demons out through the nostrils. What? Yeah. Weird. Like, rings on their fingers? Yeah, rings on their okay. fingers. Like, so it would be, like, having, like, a like an emblem or something. Yeah. Like, with, uh, with you it put on, it up near there. At their, at their face, and then you, like, pull and extract. You what? say, the, say the, the, the prayers, and you say the right incantations, and you pull the demon. It's like a Jewish exorcism. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten into this, and I'm I'm already I already got some uh, knowledge here. That's awesome. Out. Um, so in this section, or we said the eight through nine, there is a possible chiasm. Um, so we've said that the center for uh for these chapters eight two to nine thirty three. Um, so some people think this is a section that you should read together. So if you're going to sit down and be like, I'm going to read my daily Bible study, you would read eight and nine together, not eight and then nine. Gotcha. So if you decide you want to power through all of these, um. 
then maybe you could go back to the beginning of chapter eight and list all of them. Uh, anyways, possible main focus here is the calling of the disciples. Uh, uh, so that he's gathering because he just gathered Matthew uh, last week. Was it last week we got Matthew? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or two weeks ago, whatever. Oh, uh, I think no, I think it was uh, last time. Yeah, yeah, it was last time. Okay, so we got him last time, and then uh, let's see here. Um, also, maybe what's happening today, what we're going to be talking about, is all happening at Matthew's party because that's the setting he he leaves us at. Oh, uh, that's really, right. Uh, now we're in the shindig with yeah. the possible like hired muscle. Yep, and uh, and also I found this out: uh, tax collectors were considered <laughs> by some rabbis as less clean than Gentiles. Ooh, which is like. That's a pretty strong slam. Now, again, that's not every rabbi, but that should yeah. give you an idea of how strong they feel about him. <laughs> um, and it's also interesting that Jesus would not, the centurion knew not to ask Jesus to his house because the centurion's like, I know you're not allowed. Yeah. I know your rules. And then he goes to Matthew's. Um, so you can kind of speculate from there. Uh, anyways, uh, there's also, we talked about the subcontracting of tax collecting. You have like the you'd have your pyramid scheme of getting taxes to Rome. Skimming it off the top and yep. stuff. Uh, so cool. All right, so we are going to be in section one, and let's read 14 and 15. All right. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. Uh, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Whoa. Huh. And so he's like, because I'm here. Bitch is like. <laughs> yeah. and, and remember who the, uh, these are These are the disciples of John the Baptist. So mm. like the guy, the crazy man out in the river yeah. and everything else, he had his own, his own posse, his own disciples. Hmm. And uh, we have the understanding in Matthew that John and Jesus, their message is the same. Um, and John is, I think at this point, John is still alive. He's still uh, kick, uh, around the river, kicking around. Um, he's in the South. Jesus is up North. So let's get that. Did we do, no, did we kill off John? I can't remember. Anyways. I don't think so. I don't, yeah, I don't think, I, I know we will kill off John. Spoilers. Um, so, uh, Jesus is up North in, uh, Capernaum. I know we don't want to like chase anybody off of this podcast, like listen to the rest of Matthew, but everybody dies or everybody's dead now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Any person that we mentioned died at least once in this story. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair caveat. Yeah, at yeah. least once. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. So the uh, discipleship. Um, this might be the whole theme for Matthew. Remember, we, we've talked about: is this a gospel trying to convince Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah, they're the chosen one they've been waiting for, or is it a manual for Christians to like understand stuff? And uh, so you have. Um, this could this passage could be directed specifically at the the, uh, the disciples here or the disciples of all uh, of all Christian Christianity. Oh, I just realized. It's, um, I, I looked back at it. That's this is. I don't know why this because you said John's disciples. I was like, oh, they're asking John's disciples this. No, John's disciples are asking Jesus this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. Here. Yeah. So they're like, how come you guys aren't? Yeah. So this might not be necessarily a loaded thing. It's just like, what's Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it is a legit question because yeah. John's like, Jesus is so much greater than me. And they're like, so John, why aren't we getting to eat? And like, he, like <laughs> but they get, they get to eat? eat. And he's probably like, I don't know, go ask him. <laughs> All right, we're going to go find this out. Like, but it, Also, that would be a question for John is if you are supposed to be following Jesus, then why isn't he doing the things? Right. So there is a little bit of a division here. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so this is a legit question. Uh, and then uh, we've also talked, 
Greeks also had disciples. We've mentioned that before in this the Centurion podcast. Um, the little boy disciples. Uh, apprenticeship would also include learning from them. In Judaism, you are following uh, a master by doing everything, like every little thing that he does, you do it the way he does. Yeah. Like if, if he sits there and like gets his plate out of food and he like, I'm going to start with the green beans and then move the mashed potatoes and then eat the turkey. You do you, the same damn yes, thing. Yes. <laughs> because you're not sure what you're, you might be missing that's through acting or doing these things. So whatever it is they do, you do it. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was actually... Uh, in Texas with a group and um, they, the concept and a better understanding of what discipleship is, it makes you very uncomfortable. Like I, I would not be considered a disciple while I was there, but I started learning more about it and I would almost put it like, it's not that you're wrong and your opinion doesn't matter. It's more of your opinion doesn't matter and you're wrong. Like, let's start there. <laughs> Number one, shut up. Number two, <laughs> Here's what you're supposed to do, <laughs> but it's it's almost not that rude, but you have to understand that it's like were... every like old kung fu movie where they start training somebody from scratch. Yes, <laughs> smacking them on the head with a stick when they like <laughs> speak out of turn. I'm sorry, did you have your own thought? <laughs> Shut up and sit down. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. Uh, so sometimes when you hear Jesus uh, back talk his own disciples, um, that's kind of part of it. Huh. Is that that uh, it's like standard operating procedure for? Uh, a disciple. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean to, I don't mean to say that rabbis don't care about their disciples or anything. Right. Uh, in fact, um, disciples were in some ways considered sons. Uh, so these are the, the people that are going to be taking his message into the world. Yeah. So there is, uh, is a care, but understand who's in charge, not you. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And it's, it's hard to pass things generationally very easily. So by living and staying with the person, it'd be, it, it's like, okay, do you want to go learn how to work? Uh, do woodworking for four hours on Saturday, or would you work forty hours over a three-year period to to do woodworking? Right, you're going to learn way more that uh, in that time span, and just dedicating yourself completely to it. Um, and then John's disciples, why are they coming up there? Maybe it's a messianic checkup. Like, okay, um, you're the Messiah, but you're not doing you know churchy things. <laughs> You're supposed to be the leader, but you're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, and, oh by, oh, by the way, there are disciples of John still around today. John the Baptist. Really? They did not follow follow the whole Christian Jesus thing. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know if they, I think they, they might still believe in Jesus as the Messiah, but they still follow, at the very least, they still follow uh, <coughs> his ideas, like his actions and teachings. Hmm. Is there a certain name for them, or like? Uh, there is, and I did not write it down. That's fine. I'll Google it later. <laughs> or, or you, as the audience member, can be. Like, Wait a second, you just Google stuff? Yeah. Um, you can check that out. Uh, Rabbi said a bridegroom was exempt from certain obligations because he's um, preoccupied. Um, in fact, I, I like this little phrase here. Uh, the height of all joy in the world is under the chupa. The chuppah is like the marriage chupa. tent. Like I was going like, to say that sounds familiar for some reason. Yeah, that's the, that's you've the, brought that up to me before. Yeah, the chuppah is um, if you're at a, at a Jewish wedding, you would have these four posts uh, that kind of hold up a talit, which is a prayer shawl. So if you imagine like um, I guess yeah, four wood posts uh, and then just a small towel blanket like thing draped over top. Um, you, you'll see that, and just type in Jewish wedding, and you'll probably see two people standing underneath it. The uh, husband and wife would stand underneath that when they're exchanging their vows huh. in the hoopah. So the, there's no greater height in, like, of joy in the world than under the hoopah. 
Um, so maybe the maybe the thing was like when they're coming up there, like they didn't know that they were supposed to fast. Like maybe you guys didn't know the deal. Uh, Jesus, why is it that you guys don't fast but we do? We're gonna let key you in on something. Um, so the the practice of fasting was usually for the uh, for the Pharisees, especially at that time. Now we think that John he may have been a fair may have been attached to the Pharisees, but he was probably more aligned with the Essenes and their teaching. And uh, so we were saying that um, the practice of, of fasting around the time of Jesus was on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, these would be daytime um, fast. These are deemed uh, seen as lesser. Um, so these are like this would be. Sunday, uh, sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. Like this would not be, yeah, there'd be those kind of fasts. Um, then let's see here. Uh, the Christians fast, started fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays per DDK 8.1, which I think says you are to fast, but not like the hypocrites. <laughs> so like early Christians were like, we should fast too, twice a day, but not like they do. What did what, they fast on Mondays and Thursdays? Well, we're going to do Wednesdays and Fridays. So, like, right, so you said, uh, sun up to sundown, right? Yeah. Uh, and but uh, Jewish day is sundown to sundown, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So these would be just daytime fasts. Gotcha. Like gotcha. you wouldn't eat yeah. during that because you don't eat while you're sleeping or anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would still like it. Sun sun goes down. You would, you could then eat then. Gotcha. Um. Again, normal. Uh. Normal. From what we understand from first century Judaism, normal meal times were uh, brunch at ten a.m. and then dinner around six p.m. That's that's like, dude. That's like my eating schedule. Like when I was uh, like. Or working, you know, at work, it's like coffee in the morning, lunch, literally at 1030. And then when I get home around 6, 630, I eat dinner. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's biblical. <laughs> nice. Um, so, that, uh, But then you might push it back if like if 6 p.m. or whatever, it's still light out. They yeah. would push it back further and eat something. It then. sucks even more when it's like the middle of the summer and the days are going till 9 o'clock. You're like, God, this is so much worse than winter fasting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, they're, they're closer. They're, it's, fortunately for them, they're like closer to the equator. Yeah. So a little bit less of a time change. Yeah, it's not but severe. Still, but still, yeah, I'm, I'm still there, <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of times uh, morning is a time of fasting. Uh, not like morning, like early morning, like, uh, woe is me. I miss somebody morning. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, morning. And, morning. Um, uh, then, uh, let's see. They, they also, uh, one historian, this guy, Mark Moore, he actually thinks that, uh, they're having the feast on one of those days. Like the Matthew party is mm-hmm. happening on like a, a Tuesday or third, like a Monday or Thursday. <laughs> the so fasting like, day. Yeah. Like, wait, what do you know? Like you're having a party and John told us not to eat today. So we got questions. <laughs> Um, there's also, uh, the presence of a bridegroom, uh, changes the halaha. That is the practice of fasting. will actually change it up. So it'd be like, Oh, um, so it wouldn't be on a Monday because Mondays were days that most Jews did not get married. Um, the reason is because in Genesis, uh, it says that the the only day that is not called good by God is the second day, which is Monday. Hmm. So I'm just saying, what do you make on the second day? I don't remember, but I just know that <laughs> I just know that God didn't like Mondays either. Yeah, that was the big <laughs> thing I got away from that. That's funny. Um, so, anyways, so they uh, if they were getting married on a Thursday or something, or like bridegroom or something, like you could change the day. Hmm. You would change your practice of fasting. You'd be like, okay, we well, are not going to fra- fast on that day. Um, the disciples of John, uh, Mark actually includes another time of questioning about the uh, about fastings with Pharisees. So he actually includes another story of that, and uh, Luke. He has this this John, like his disciples question Jesus. He puts it actually in Matthew's house. So that goes back to the whole thing of, did this happen in Matthew's house or not? Potentially. Gotcha. According to Luke, it did. And uh, 
yes, not really sure if you trust if you trust Luke more than Matthew, then right on. And we've already talked about how <laughs> inaccurate Matthew is. Uh, then you have the um, the in Greek uh, the sons of the wedding hall in Hebrew they would talk at the the sons of the chuppah. Uh, certain religious activities actually trump others. Like dwelling in the sukkah is actually trumps other. If you if there's like a choice between following one religious rule that's like not living in the sukkah and there's another religious rule that requires you to live in the sukkah like which is the the, the jewish tent sorry but there's a there's a uh, celebration called sukkot where you build a, a jew fort and you're supposed to live in the in the jew fort for a week yeah um that's a really terrible way of saying it but get the picture yeah, that's build, what it is yeah build a fort outside sticks and, and cloth and everything else and trees and then you go live in it for a week sort of and if you have a choice between living in the sukkah or having to do like another religious activity that you can't do in the sukkah, you live in the sukkah and you forego the other religious activity. So certain days uh, um, or certain practices overtake other practices. Mm. Um, a new groom is exempt from reciting the Shema. So the Shema is like the big statement of Judaism that you're supposed to say every day. And it actually says that a bridegroom is exempt from saying it uh, due to being preoccupied with his bride. Hmm. So, um, in fact, Berachot 2.10 exempts a wedding party so they can celebrate for seven days. So, like, one writing says, okay, we need you to be focused on God, and we know you can't be (laughs) right now. Hormones are kicking in, so therefore, like, you're exempt from this section because of... Yeah, because of the circumstance. Circumstance. But now, it's not for ever. ever. It's not like... You got to get your hormones under control. Like, there'll be a time when you're back to focused. But yeah, the, so so him using the bridegroom thing of like things, certain things trumping others. Yeah, not saying like Jesus' disciples were obsessed with. Never mind. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I get I get what's going on here. Um, and then is Jesus the uh, the bridegroom? Like, is he saying when the bridegroom, like me, when I'm here, is he calling himself the bri- bridegroom? That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. In uh, in Midrash Rabbah Exodus eleven two. Again, I don't know why I give you guys references, but I like to imagine somebody's checking me out on these things, like checking this stuff out. Uh, not checking me out. Like you can check me out too, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, just go to our website. Yeah, um, the messianic age is a wedding feast, so you can. Uh, so that is like if he's saying I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of Man. This could be another way of Matthew trying to hint at Jesus being the Messiah. So uh, um, <coughs> messianic age is re- uh, re- referred to as a wedding feast in Pesikita uh, Rabati uh, 149a. Messiah is the bridegroom, so that's uh, re- recorded as well. So you do have some writings. Now these are, I believe, that, that was going to be my next question. If there was anything in like the prophets or anything re- referring to the Messiah in the uh, in a bridegroom kind of Isaiah sixty two five. Um, I don't have that written down. Do you want to go yeah. dig for it? Isaiah sixty two five. Yeah, you know how good I am at finding shit in the Bible. It'll only take twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I like to. Oh, I found it. Oh, what, yeah. What Isaiah chapter? Sixty-two-five. Sixty-two. Damn, he had a lot of chapters. He had a lot to say. Um, <laughs> some people actually call it the fifth gospel because so much of it talks about the Messiah. Dang. Yeah. All right. So the sixty-two. Pre-go- it's like the prequel, but better and doesn't have the pod racers. <laughs> I can't believe you'd even bring that up in my presence. Aliens will shepherd your. F- Wait, what? Aliens will shepherd your flocks. <laughs> Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. Is that it? Six, that was 61. Oh, 62.5. 62.5. Okay. Scratch that. I was like, man, we're talking about aliens. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. 
So some people think that as being messianic as well. Gotcha. Of like, eh, the Messiah will be the bridegroom. But the uh, messianic ideas is pretty crazy. I think a really good, instead of going into it today, I would definitely say if you haven't listened to it, go back to our 2019 Christmas special where we talk about how um, these verses are changed or formulated or um, seen as messianic, as pointing to the Messiah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that, that's probably what I would recommend to anybody who wants to check that out further. Um, so Jesus, so uh, what might be happening is that Jesus here is claiming to be a Messiah, not just the sage. So they come up here like, hey, teacher. And he's like, I'm, a, I'm the bridegroom of all eternity. Um, that's He doesn't finish with that phrase. Uh, oddly, this is like kind of ends ominously. Um, we don't really have an ex- exactly the idea of what Jesus is referring to. Is he referring to like Easter? Like when he goes to heaven, when he sins? Is he referring to another time? We don't really quite know. Um, one, again, one, uh, one scholar, a historian sees the following section, uh, is to be about how inappropriate the actions, uh, inappropriate, uh, about how inappropriate actions causes destruction. Um, that is not rejoicing, not recognizing the Messiah is actually going to come cause problems. So that's, so we, we start with the question about bridegroom and then we move into the next section. And that is in chapter, this is verse 16, verse 16, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse so this is this isn't new like he's not teaching home ec class here it's pretty straightforward that it is um these are basic sewing practices uh um one scholar thinks that the sentence is either missing or added it's like like this it's really that is kind of weird that like just plug that straight into there like yeah yeah i don't know what's going on there but uh, whatever. Um, the old garment is, is not worth uh, patching, and that's according to um, uh, one another prophet. Is like he's like, it's not worth patching. Go move to a whole new one. Mm. So that's another take on it. Um, erin uh, is to lift up something. Um, uh, let's see, pleroma, uh, pleroma um, the fullness of it. Read that passage again. Sorry, I'm like, no, you're fine. I'm, I've got the Greek words in front of you, but not the Bible. Not the no one God. sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Okay, thank you. Uh, it will. The erin is like to lift up to. It will tear away. It will lift up away from the garment. Gotcha. Um, and then let's hear Luke five thirty six. Actually, has a different way of telling this. Uh, you wouldn't destroy a new garment uh, to patch an old one. And that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Um, uh, this might be countering Matthew's emphasis on fulfillment over supersession. Um, so that, that is, uh, Matthew is trying to say, um, Jesus fulfills and keeps the, the same old Jewish practices. And it might be that Luke might be trying to fight about it and say, no, 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 you need to throw that away and like move to this new religion kind of thing. Uh, that's a, that's like an out there, like everybody who's listening to this. Don't walk away with that only like this. That's yeah. just a small argument and a larger question like that's that's picking just these two verses and using those to base your entire theology off of it (laughs) please don't do that like there's there's a lot to both books yeah Um, but that is and that's only one commentator's take on it um and then uh some people would say this goes back to the whole like you're just talking about the kung fu movies yeah you must become empty to become taught (laughs) like empty yourself become like water um that was bruce lee not jesus yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, Jesus talked about water a lot too. Yeah, and, and he did. He, yeah, he he walked all over it. Um, <laughs> Jesus cannot be uh, patching into old Judaism or filled into old uh, Judaism or, or wineskins. Uh, any incorporation would ruin both 
Judaism and Jesus' teachings. So that kind of that's that that's another idea um, that kind of pushes away from like trying to throw away Judaism and create Christianity as as its own religion. Gotcha. Um, now, again, these are what I'm giving to everybody isn't like the answer. These are multiple answers from different commentators. Yeah. So just when you're hearing this, just go okay, okay. There's one idea. There's another interpretation, <laughs> and and just roll with it, everybody. Don't don't hold me to any of this. Um, <laughs> Or they're actually trying to preserve the old garment uh, so that it continue to be used. So they're like, oh, if I can just like lash Jesus' teachings into the old teachings, then I can like synthesize everything and keep using it. And maybe Jesus is like, no, you got to, again, back to the whole, like, you must become empty. Yeah. Become filled. Um, perhaps Matthew's point is that the new, uh, the new does not need to be constrained by the old and that only in this way uh, can, can that which is of value be preserved. So you don't destroy both uh, both garments. You don't cut one piece out to put into an old, like you've just destroyed both. Yeah, like it's just not going to work. Hmm. Um, and then uh, let's <clears throat> read verse seventeen. Seventeen coming up. Neither do men pour new wine into old wine skins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins, and both are preserved. So, this so their kinda, wine skins are kind of like a bottle, huh? Like, you know, when you drink a bottle of wine, you don't, like, save the bottle and fill it up with another wine. Like, you uh, toss it. And, yeah, so so wine skins really are, like, uh, skins of, like, goats and sheep and things. Is and it they, skin or is it, like, an organ or something? That they, no, no, it's skin. It's skin. Like, it's they take the skin up. off and they sew it up. In fact, they kind of look weird and oblong. You kind of look at it, you're like, I'm pretty sure that was an animal at some point. Like, huh. it, then, like, you see the stitches on the outside yeah. and everything, and they, they fill it up and, and like, Leather, I guess, is a little How bit How do they permeable. get it watertight like that? I want to see. I'm going to Google pictures of these wine Oh, yeah, skins. dude. T- totally check them out. They're, they're interesting. Anyone listening, um, if you're not listening on the road, definitely Google it real quick. Is there... Uh, it's, I could pause. go down a whole rab- rabbit hole for this thing because, like, it's like, is there a certain wine skin that's better or a certain skin that's better than others? I mean, obviously, it's got to be a clean animal. Yeah. Like, not clean as in, like, they washed it, but it's got to be, like, Levitically clean, I assume, yeah. to put wine in. They're not gonna take pig skin and put it right, right, yeah, right. Um, but they would, they would. The thing is, like, once you put new wine in it and it ferments more, after you've sewn it up, it's going to pop. Like the the old wine skin, the skin becomes used and brittle. Oh yeah, because it's already stretched. It's already had like the acid of the wine in there, and like yeah, huh? So you can have one. So so you don't have barrels. Yeah, like instead of putting wine in barrels, they put them in these skins. Oh, I wonder what that wine would taste like, because you know it's because like if you put a wine in a barrel, especially like one of my favorites is like or back when I could actually find it is a Cabernet Franc, and it's aged in it's a red wine that's aged in an oak barrel, mm-hmm. and so it kind of takes on some of that flavor, and some of them are charred inside, kind of like a whiskey barrel. Yeah, so that like you get kind of that peppery that burn flavor at the end. Which is really nice. So, like, whatever you put wine in, even if it's a barrel, like, it takes on some of that taste. So, if you're storing it in animal skin, like, I have what n- kind of flavor would that put on the wine, you know? I don't know. We'll have to ask Michael if he knows where to get animal wine. <laughs> I'm a little hesitant about that, but I'm interested, too. Yeah. Uh, we, got a, we got a guy. We got a guy that knows all the, like, he knows where to get stuff. <laughs> that sounds Michael, like you're going to be getting a call about this. All right. So, <laughs> moving on. Um, oh. We'll eventually get the, those wineskins settled and get our skin wine. I'm so wine. interested. Yeah. I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> Goat wine. Um, anyways, so normally a sage would actually look for someone who excelled in Torah, like somebody who knows their stuff, so not somebody who's unfamiliar with it. So that might be another thing about getting us ready to introduce some of the more, more of the disciples or why he's like 
getting Matthew mm. is the people that are not the experts. The whole you must become empty to become full. Right, right. Um, and this could be a recurring thing here, isn't it? <laughs> could be just for this section. We'll get over it and move forward. Um, so, uh, and what is coming? Some people have said, well, what is like the teaching that Jesus is bringing and his new formation of Judaism cannot be constrained by the old. So everything that you, your rules and your regulations and the way you've been doing it, your form is not going to be able to hold with what's what Jesus is bringing. Yeah. So maybe that. Um, when you mix uh, the new and the old, they don't fit together, and then things just go because you can't take the old wineskins because that's what's going to happen. So yeah. So maybe that. Um, and then Luke uh, five thirty nine said, "No one after drinking old wine uh, wishes for new, for he says the old wine is good enough." So the, that's not Matthew. That's Luke adding that in there. Matthew does not have this, but just kind of, I, I'm giving you guys extra. I know, <laughs> uh, I know you guys want more. Um, if you're already filled up with one teaching, you can't take on a new one. Like you're like, oh, I've got the old teaching. No, no. Why would I want the new stuff? This is better. Right. Because you're already convinced in your mind, which I don't know because that makes like Jesus sound like I've got worse, <laughs> worse options. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so maybe Jesus is actually just citing a proverb, not approving of it. Like he's just like, well, I know how you guys already say this thing. And so he's like not approving of it or saying it's the right one, but he's he's showing like giving an example, taking a a saying and throwing it around, giving him the other other way. So, anyways, um, so let's move on to the next section. All right, let's see, eighteen, yeah, eighteen. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, "My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live." Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. So now they're leaving the the Matthew party. Like that, this is how Matthew writes it. That this is coming out. Oh, oh, dude, I'm I'm an idiot. I just put like two and two together. So we got the Matthew party, and then so we're assuming John's disciples. This whole like conversation that just happened, they approached them at the party, yeah. or was it just after the party? At or the party. Like, the, oh, way, okay. the way Matthew has it is like they approach them. At so the they're party. in their party, and, and then these disciples come up and say like, "You guys are partying down," and like. Everybody else is fasting. Like, why aren't you guys doing what we're doing? Like, yeah. why? Are you? Okay. And, so, and then yeah. the response is, okay, you guys have been doing it this way, but will you ever mix these things together? Yeah. And if you remember, like, think, remember, we had the Saturnian come up and be like, hey, I got a son that's healed. Yeah. Now you've got a ruler coming up saying, I got a daughter that's sick. Yeah. Like, hey, I heard about the centurion. <laughs> so this is like, you're, you're, you kind of see the, the, I'm making like a hand motions of a house, like a pyramid, like <laughs> yeah. the top of it. So now it's we're coming back down. Coming back around. Yeah. So, so we're seeing another example. I don't know why that didn't click for me. I guess because we broke it up, but like, we're we break things up so far away from each other that I'm like, oh wait, this conversation happened at the party. Yeah, yeah. So they're all at the, at the party, and like again, the fasting. Gotcha. John's disciples are like, we haven't eaten in, and like we haven't eaten since seven this morning. Ooh. And uh, you so guys. Are, then this ruler rolls up, and he's like, and Jesus is like, all right, guys, we're out of here. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, Matthew actually he calls him a leader. Uh, in Mark, he's actually his name is Jairus. 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 Anyways, depending how you want to spell it. They didn't have any J's back in the time, so it's probably more like Yerus or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't have the Greek in front of me. Um, and but, other than... Sorry to interrupt you yeah. again. Uh, other than the Centurion, we don't have any... We're assuming all these other people are Jewish, right? Yes. Okay. So this guy, uh, Yerus, um, Yera, it's probably a, he's probably Hebrew. He could be the uh, the Chazan, like the guy, the, the cantor, the speaker, the like leader within the synagogue, not mm. the, not the rabbi, but like a leader gotcha. that leads things. He, so he also be actually be the one that administers the beatings. Like <laughs> oh. if you do something wrong, you got to like, <coughs> this is how you used to discipline people yeah. in church, I guess. Um, hmm. Okay. Usually you didn't just, all right, let me, let me explain this a little <laughs> bit further. It's like, damn it. We stepped in another puddle. We got to. Okay. So um, 
Keep in mind, the Roman soldiers exist for keeping the peace and doing all that. Now, if you break Jewish law, the Romans don't care. Like, you're paying your taxes, right? You're not fighting us, yeah. right? You're not uprising? Cool. We don't care what you do. So um, there are certain laws that Romans don't care about that Jewish people do, and they are pretty big ones, like blasphemy or something like that, that yeah. showed up in the Old Testament. Um, it would talk about how uh, these things would be worth death. Yeah. But in uh, by the time Romans there, like Rome is in charge, they're not going to let you just go off and kill somebody. Right. So the at the time, the rabbis said, uh, or the the Jewish community was saying, okay, if you blaspheme, you'd get thirty nine lashes. So if you say something wrong or you do something that's opposing God, we're gonna beat. We're gonna beat you a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna beat the shit out of you. Yes. And the the point was made. <laughs> beat the shit into you. Yeah. Uh, beat the hell out of you? Yes, that's that's exactly. All right. Um, So the chief president between the Jewish community and the Roman officials, so it might have been like guy going as the go-between as well. So maybe that's who uh, this guy is. Matthews uh, has a very like high Christology, and that's the idea that when he comes to Jesus, does he mean more than teacher at this point? Hmm. Is he calling him something better better than... uh, uh, Both this guy and the centurion both recognize Jesus' authority. Like, you can heal stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we see, uh, see a lot of that. Uh, we have the word uh, proskinein, which is the bowing down, which can be used in worship or just as, as a sign of respect. What I think Matthew is trying to do as an author is blur the lines where you can read it either way. You're like, hmm, like Matthew's doing like a little. He's doing a plan words, a little pun there. Like, <laughs> oh, he bowed down before him, like out of respect or out of worship. I don't know. Yeah. You're the reader. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Um, if he's a leader of the synagogue, then and Jesus is less popular by this time. So that's assuming like maybe this is a, a story that happens later on. Yeah. That where where uh, Matthew's moved it forward, um, then this this leader could be uh, risking his position within the community. He just talked about how the Jewish community is not going to be able to handle this new teaching, this yeah. wine skins and everything else. Now this guy from this old community and like in the in the status part of the status quo is going out and now coming to Jesus and like there's a risk here yeah of, of doing this hmm. um, the healing and uh, through the laying of hands is actually surprisingly absent from the Old Testament and rabbinic literature uh, but it has been found in the Qumran document um, which is the Dead Sea Scrolls so if you're familiar with those we have seen that in the, uh, the laying of hands show, show up there where Abraham reports a request to come and pray for the king, and that is the Pharaoh, and lay hands upon him so that he may live. Uh, the language is close to Matthew's, but not exactly like the same as Matthew's. So we, we just see a similarity between the Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, and this laying on of hands. Mm. Um, according to Luke, she's 12 years old. Um, and uh, so uh, I don't know how the old the child was with the centurion. Um, that just puts her like about to transfer from girl to woman. Cue the Britney Spears. <laughs> um, so this uh, the, the, this couple has not had any other children. Unlike um, so maybe that's uh, they're kind of concerned about that. Also, I don't know how they were able to have like one kid and not have any other children. Maybe they got the rhythm method down, like they figured that out. I don't know how that works. Anyways, um, so uh, let's do twenty for tw- six. Actually, yeah. 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 Dang it, how do I keep getting lost? I don't know. Do you, um, do you have the Leviticus section? Uh, no, but I can get to it pretty quick. Can you get to Leviticus 15.33? Sorry, everybody. I wanted to jump around here real quick. Uh, oh, look. I flipped right to it. So let's see. 15.23, right? Uh, 15.33. 15.33. I'm going to read the wrong verse again. <laughs> 
1533. Oh, there it is. For a woman in... Oh, man. What? what? For, <laughs> damn it, Neil. <laughs> for a woman in her monthly period, for a man or a woman with a discharge, and for a man who lies with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. That's what the verse 1533 says? Did right. it tell you anything or anything else on that? Or did it sound like you were I just through? lost it again. I bet I read the wrong one. Have I been drinking today? That's my problem, is I'm not drinking. And then I flipped the Bible wrong. Why do I like my official Bible reader uh, status, but I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this is in the discharges section. Yes, yes, excellent. <laughs> yeah, so that's all it said. You want me to go to up to thirty two? No, it just it basically just says that they're uh, they're unclean, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's just understand this. If a woman is having a discharge and or a man, you are they are unclean. Unclean means they can't go into the temple, they can't do the worship stuff, uh, they gotta be careful about who they touch and all this kind of stuff. Um, so let's just be aware of that. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go to twenty, 20. through twenty two. <laughs> okay. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Okay. So that's uh, Matthew shortens a lot of, I think, Mark and Luke and shortens this, like, cuts out a lot of their details. Yeah. Because he's just trying to, like, give you the, I'm trying to say something real quick and then move on. Right. Um, so, uh, in Leviticus 15, 33 vessels and clothing would be unclean if they were touched. So her reaching out and touching his cloak would actually make him unclean, make ah. his cloak unclean. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, she would probably this goes back to the rabbi with the stick. Yeah. Poke people away or throw yeah. rocks at her. Yeah, keep them away. The, the lepers, <laughs> the social distancing, uh, rabbi. Yeah. So he, he's on his way to go help heal this one daughter who's 12. I think, uh, does it say that she's been bleeding for 12 years? I can't remember. Uh, um, not at not, this point. No, but, uh, I th- I think that's the that's the deal is that she's been bleeding for 12 years and that's why luke includes the number 12 i think both in there in there oh, oh wait yeah that does say this about the woman are yeah. you talking about the daughter or the, the woman? woman the woman okay yeah so yes that does say um she'd been bleeding for 12 years yeah. came up behind it. yes so we put all that together it's kind of interesting i don't know i can't like give you some sort of cool reason why uh matthew and luke puts that all together yeah but it is very much he's on his way to go heal this 12 year old girl and there's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years um they're menstruating for 12 years uh it's not quite the same as bleeding but you know um as guys let's let, let's uh, let us go into this very female issue that we know nothing about yes um so uh she, she's probably not a very popular <laughs> guest she's not allowed to go anywhere because she'd make everybody unclean so she's not there also um in order to wash and handle the hygiene and everything else, she would be either washing cloths or something like that. So it would be known that she, especially by the women in the community that she's had this issue Gotcha. and she wouldn't be able to touch things. If she's following all the rules, she knows not to do certain things. It'd be like, huh, how, uh, how come Eleanor over there hasn't been to the temple in like 12 years? Yeah. Um, so that would be, uh, that as well. This is, this woman doesn't really want to be advertised <laughs> for in her condition by yelling it out. Um, so uh, there's also some people has been have been talking about how maybe she's pretty emaciated because that when you're when you've got those kind of issues it does cause uh, some medical issues there like losing a lot of blood and yeah. iron and everything else so you, emaciated woman um, then let's see here uh, I'm gonna read something here in my notes go ahead per a third world gynecologist. A woman uh, that's been bleeding for over a month, and I have in quotes here, smells like a donkey. 
and that might have been advertising. I, I'm just reading. Do you notes. have any reference for that, or do you have I, any I don't notation? have it on. I don't have like my reference for that. Oh lord. Yes. So uh, the that the reason I included that in the notes is that she may have actually had a smell as well. Gotcha. With her, um, and I also that that's accompanying her. That's also applying third world, not not Jewish first century. So I don't. They had a lot of other cleanliness rules with Jewish first century Judaism. Yeah. So that might not be true, but. That was one of the commentators I'd read included that. Hmm. Um, so uh, how, like, one of the questions people have asked me is like, how often would a woman be having her period? Well, you got so uh, puberty is hitting later. I, there's some debate about when uh, puberty was hitting. Was it hitting earlier or later then compared to now? Um, usually within a year after a woman starts having her period, uh, a year later they start looking at marriage. Ah. Um, and then uh, so then uh, then. Uh, once you get married, you know, you're trying to go for that first month pregnancy kind of thing. Jeez. So you, wasting no time. Yeah. That's man. That's weird. I mean, this is, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you guys have Ryder? Like, no, 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 oh. not that. But just the fact that like you, you're talking about like assuming age thing and then like, you know, let's go straight into pumping some babies. <laughs> okay. So, um, which I know it's all cultural. Let's like go, we can't even, all right. you know, I'm just going to use Luke's number. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to use Luke's number of 12. So that would be like okay. So she she's twelve. Um, she has her period, and then by thirteen, let's say, then she starts like her uh, her dad and and some other guys are like working out a, a marriage mm-hmm. situation. Um, keep in mind, uh, if this is not quite like dad's forcing daughter to marry somebody, um, at one point uh, a man would come and make the the proposal. They'd have a party. He would offer a cup of wine. She could turn it down. If she did not drink the cup of wine that he offers her, that's her being like, "No, thank you, very, like I'm not." So it's not happen. you're forced into it, whether you want it or not. Yes, yes. That's, so she, that's awesome. She has some say in it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I say like some instead of all, but like every, the whole family and everything else. And you're looking at a town again, about four thousand people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> marriage issues are not hidden. Uh, family relations are there, and they're they're shared. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's the dad. It would be good for him and the son and everybody else to be on the same page. And there, without going into it, we can't do it right now. We're already pretty far into this podcast. Yeah. And I appreciate you for hanging us uh, hanging in with us so far, and we're going to continue. But um, I don't have time to go through all the marriage rituals and things that are very protective over young women. But but so, there are there are in place. <laughs> yes, yes. So thirteen year old girl. Um, it's not as barbaric as it sounds off the cuff. Yes. So thirteen year old. <laughs> Uh, is now <coughs> engaged, and then <clears throat> her husband would go away for a year to three or three years to prepare a place, like get every get the house set up and everything. So they're engaged. So fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in there is when she actually okay. is going okay. to be getting married. Um, so that and that's when that would all go down. Hmm. So and, but then she'd be married. So sixteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. She's married. She has a child within the first year. Um, that takes care of a lot of the period issues. And then you start nursing as well. And I know that's not a uh, fail safe, but f- from no experience here on my <laughs> part, uh, that does seem to affect periods. So, yes. okay. Anyways. Um, so then, the, you know, you nurse the kid for about three years and then start the whole cycle over again. Pun intended that time. <laughs> uh, s- yeah. So, uh, so what does she do about this? Um, uh, we can hide that. We, we can't. Um, uh, a cloth folded, tied to a belt. Uh, but when you ha- you probably have to clean it. You have to go somewhere where there's water, uh, and uh, other people would again see this. So she would be if she's going down to a place like it's not something that she can just hide from the community. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. it would be probably a well known thing that you know who this woman was and the issue, mm-hmm. which would make it more significant of her grabbing onto Jesus. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, let's so let's, maybe she's getting some some uh, treatment uh, per Mark, and the Gospel of Mark it says that she's actually getting treatment. Shabbat one ten is eleven suggestions. One is carrying an ashes of an ostrich egg and a linen cloth. <laughs> Um, let's see here. I don't think I have any other ones. They're pretty great though. We'll have to read them sometime. I think I've got, I've got it and I, maybe I'll share it with us. Like old world remedies for certain things. It's like standing in the dung, uh, waist deep in the dung of a white donkey, like crazy stuff. Oh, what? I'll, I'll find this. Like, I think that I made that one up off the top of my head, but let me like something close (laughs) to that. Yeah. All right. So next, next episode, I'll have that ready for everybody. Um, anyways, this points, uh, I got to rush through this because we are way too long and appreciate you guys hanging (laughs) in with us. Um, this points to it being a common but serious cultural and religious issue. Um, so pun that time the pun was not originally intended for that one. Uh, but there's uh, this is a serious medical problem. Continuous uh, menstruation is going to drain her of energy and everything else. She's um, supposed to uh, sit on things, carry uh, children if she has children at this point, because if she's been having this issue, she probably hasn't had children. Yeah. Um, at, uh, and uh, this is, uh, or she's for continuous, not normal cycle. She's not allowed to carry her children, like pick them up and carry them. Mm. So that even if she does have children, that's going to affect her motherhood. Dang. Yeah. Um, Kraspedu, uh, could, um, when she grabs that, that's the cloak. She, it could be that she grasps the, the hem of the cloak, but in Matthew fourteen thirty six, it's actually used to mean tzitziot. So you have the you have this prayer shawl. It's like a we talked about the hoopah earlier. Yeah, the prayer shawl is like it's like a, a think about a towel, but it's like made of linen, so it's not fluffy, but that kind of size. And then it has on the four corners, it has these long tassels, and that comes from uh, some teaching on uh, in the Torah and the early early. Like, I'm not sure if it's Leviticus, Numbers, or where but anyways it talks about these these tassels that you're supposed to sew to the corners of your garments mm-hmm. so she reaches out he's wearing this traditional prayer shawl thing um and she reaches out and grabs the tali the tzitzit are the the tzitzit are the uh the tassels the on the four, end of the... yeah the four tassels so she reaches out grabs that um hanan the retiring which is an awesome name uh <laughs> was the son of uh, of the daughter of honey the circle drawer and when the world needed rain rabbis would send him uh, to the kindergarten children and they would take hold of the hem these tassels garment and say father father Father, give us rain. So you see an example of somebody reaching out to implore somebody. Yeah. And that comes from uh, Ta'anit uh, 23b, which I think the Ta'anit uh, team were probably around that time of Jesus. So we see we have a contemporary example of uh, of these being reached out and grabbed for in the, the current time. So period. she didn't just grab a random part of his robe. This was like a. Yes. A, like specific, like she was aimed for it and like. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Now it's just as him, so we're we're taking a little bit of guesswork to say that it's specifically tzitzit. But again, I'm I'm using Matthew fourteen thirty six. So if Matthew's using this word, this Greek word in fourteen thirty six, that that Greek word should mean the same thing in this. It makes sense that the same author would use the same word for the same. Right. Word. Okay. Um, power through the clothing may have been uh, Hellenistic influence. That is like in Greek mythology, like ah, oh, the power of his robe. Like we don't, we're not sure if that's really Jewish, completely Jewish, or if uh. that, that came through that. Um, people think that teachers who uh, have prayers that are more powerful. So that might be the thing is like, if you could pray for me. Also, he's probably pretty famous for being healthcare on legs. So, yeah. So yeah. Like, I don't That's probably like, a known thing at this point. Yeah. Um, however, here it is. Um, if Jesus touches her, he is unclean. And maybe her thinking is if I grab the tassels, this gets around him becoming unclean because the garment becomes unclean. Ah. So, but if huh. that case, like maybe she should yank it off him. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe like that, maybe another thing is like, she realizes if she touches him, she puts him in jeopardy. Yeah. So maybe what it is, like, I'll grab the tassel, I'll make the garment unclean, but I'm also not sure why you would make the garment unclean when it's, like, the holy garment. Yeah, that's, like, like his, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out some ideas here, people. <laughs> uh, again, choose your own adventure. 
Um, so in, uh, there are some people that presume that because she reached out and touched his clo- cloak, that made him unclean and takes it that way. Um, and then how did he, like, also, how did he know that, like, she touched him? Like, Jesus superpowers? We don't know. We don't quite <laughs> He just felt it. a tug. Yeah. Like, what's, am I stuck on something back here? Yeah. Um, and then the words of Jesus, like, as actually presupposing that the uh, the healing's already taken place. He's like, you have been healed. Like, it's already done. Ah. So he's n- not a- active in it? Hmm. I don't know. So it is like her plan worked. She grabbed the <laughs> garment and boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the, here's the thing, like, why does he call her out? Because, like... She could figure out that she's clean right there. Like she could like let her go home. Yeah. Let her be like, ooh, like things are different today. Like yeah. I'm not in that mood all the time. Oh. Um, but she, uh, it could have been any any direction. But what what they uh, some people think is that it's actually pointing out to the crowd, like restoring her not her health, but restoring her to community. So if she's been unclean, can't interact with people, can't carry her children, can't do these things, and if people know about it, and then he announces it to the crowd, like it is embarrassing in that regard, but it's um, also really lifting her up. Like, yeah. hey, everybody, Mary's cool. Or, like, we don't have to wait for word to spread, like, one at a time. Like, we know you guys all know what's up. Like, here's a, kind of a proclamation. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're clean. Um, I know some people have talked about in, in the third <clears throat> world, the idea of, like, having healing forever and never hurting again is not really that, like, that strong of an idea. But being restored to community is. Mm. And being like having family and friends and being able to interact with them again is a yeah. much much bigger deal. Um, then he says, "Do not be afraid." Uh, and this, this comes out of the uh, Septuagint, and it may be the fear of being socially ostracized. Do not be afraid. Like, um, uh, so maybe maybe it was being called out from like the uh, touching the like, you just touched Jesus and like don't be afraid. Like don't I'm not mad. <laughs> um, and also don't be afraid, everyone. Uh, and also faith has made uh, made you well. Um, once again, Jesus has healed others. Um, in fact, is, isn't it Jesus? Is like, is it the faith that made you well, or is it like that? And I think we've talked about this before: the relationship. Yeah, your relationship, her trust, her actions, her relationship towards Jesus and towards God is what that encompasses. That faith. So her faith, and it doesn't even say your faith in me or your faith in God. It doesn't even tell you that. It just says your faith, your relationship, um, has made you well. Uh, so it might be in, in that side of it. Um, it could be the conduit, allowance, or recognition is that uh, is what has made her well. Um, main point of this whole story is compassion is, uh, for, uh, for Jesus is that his rule for halaha, which is like the, the rules that she's, he's supposed to follow in Judaism. Like, okay, Jesus, you aren't supposed to do this on the Sabbath. You're supposed to only eat these things. You're like all the like things you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, there are these, all these rules are based off of the Torah. Some of them are directly like the, the checklist is in the, in the Torah. And then a lot of what's happened is then there's been checklists added to the checklists. Like, how do you know you've cooked this all the way through? Well, the steak has to be 133 degrees. <laughs> like, you know, like whatever, like you put the thermometer, is like, right, that, that yeah. means it's done. And somebody's like, well, what about 125? And like, I want it rare. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. the rules upon the rules. And Jesus' rules upon the rules, like he's, in Matthew so far, he stayed with the rules, like the Jewish rules. But his rules upon the rules seem to be based on compassion first. Uh-huh. Like, how can I be compassionate in this moment? And how can I follow this rule, like the original rule in the, in the Torah compassionately? Yeah. And that would be this, that would be his actions there. Um, and then here's a good question. Like, so we're having, this is all on the parade, like on the way Jesus and his disciples are on their way to heal Jairus, daughter. And like time is of the essence. And then he's like, hold on. I got to pull over for a second. Yeah. And so I'm wondering about how Jairus's reaction to this. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like screw this lady. Like I was first. Yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We got a couple more, and I'm gonna. Uh, do you want to? Are uh, right, you read this, the passage, and I'll give you the next passage to read. Okay. I highly doubt you looked this one up earlier. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, uh, blah blah blah. Healed from that moment. So this is 23. 23 yeah. to 25. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, "Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep." But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the baby, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. Okay. Dang, so flute players, it's like a party there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we get that mentioned twice. Uh, numbers 19, 11 through 14. I'm on it. Okay. Um, the, the, actually, the, the way it's said in the Greek is, dead, your daughter is. And what that does... Yoda? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what it does in, in Greek, you um, the way the grammar works is you can actually move the sentence around all over the place as long as you use the right forms of each word so you can emphasize things by moving them to the front or the back of the sentence so he's what it allows you to do you can't bold or italicize things so dead your daughter is like it's focusing in on that like Mm. hey jesus you waited too long because you decided to help the other chick and now the daughter's dead like dead your daughter is uh the pipers and uh whalers um uh that's not ishmael or no, Ish- yeah, my name is Ishmael. That's right, Whalers. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I was like, I was trying to make what? a joke. It wasn't good. It didn't land no, on me, but no. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that it did land. On. I, I hope so. <laughs> um, anyways, Midrash uh, Ketubah four four. Even the poorest people of Israel should not hire less than two reed pipes and one wailing woman. So when you'd have a like, <laughs> you hire a wailing. Yeah, woman? yeah, yeah. It's like it's like all right, you're trying to like organize everything for a funeral, and you're like, okay, casket checked. Uh, you know, like woman crying check. uncontrollably. Check. Check. Yeah. So you could hire these uh, people. And then um, Josephus and Worth uh, in his writing, uh, many mourners hired Reed Pipers uh, to accompany their funeral dirges. Um, and then uh, also, according to one person, these particular Pipers are not Reed. They have like real pipes. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. But uh, sleep. Uh, so it's just she's sleeping. Jesus is healing. Uh, will turn her death into just sleep. Maybe like when he's like, she's just asleep. Like, Jesus, you're wrong. <laughs> like, love you. Yeah. You're a great guy. Really appreciate you coming here. But yeah. Yeah. She's dead, bud. Yeah. So maybe what he's, what is Jesus like? <clears throat> Jesus healing will turn her from like death to sleeping. And then he like shakes her hand. <laughs> like some sort of like hypno thing. Like, and then you flick the wrist and then bah, she wakes. <laughs> Um, Isaac already stuck the ceremonial, uh, making sure they're dead dagger in her head. Like she's dead. (laughs) She's dead. Um, so Jesus knew she was actually asleep. Maybe it's like they thought she was dead and he like actually knew it. Um, Jesus uses this in the gospel of John to refer to Lazarus. He's like, Lazarus is only asleep. Like, no, he's dead. We put him in there three days ago. He hasn't come out to pee yet. (laughs) He's dead. Um, he's trying to cover up, uh, for when he tells the parents like not to tell people like they're like, like the, everyone like comes out to Jesus like the, she's dead and then Jesus is like no 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 you're all wrong you're all wrong and then he like walks into the back room and he's like okay no they're right she is dead but just don't tell them that okay I told them all that she's asleep because I'm going to tell you like not to tell anybody yeah. and I need you to keep this on the DL so I told all of them so, so we need to keep this lie going <laughs> maybe that's what just between us um, so uh, <laughs> laughter is odd and might indicate hostility towards Jesus entering the building like Look at this fool. Like he yeah. thinks he's and like he's he stupid. thinks he can do something about this like he's that powerful. 
Yeah. Like this healer that everyone's talking about, this healer in quotes, I'm doing quotes, you guys can't see it, uh, is dumb and came late. He doesn't understand, like, she is dead, dead as dead can be. Uh, And then they, um, they, and also they're thinking, like, you realize we wouldn't have been hired if she was just asleep. Like, right. Okay, Jesus, you realize that we're all, like, we've been around a lot of dead people. (laughs) We know what's going on. Um, so, so they're kind of like, he's late and he doesn't know what's going on and he's the healer and he doesn't know, understand how any of this works. Um, and Jesus keeps, uh, here's another thing is if she's dead and he touches her, that makes him unclean. Yeah. So he keeps going through and touching things that make him (laughs) unclean. I also wonder, I I haven't looked in the rabbinic thoughts about this, but like if he's already unclean and he's going to go touch something else that's unclean, like, does it matter? Like, yeah, it is already, I don't know if it compounds or what. Can you become more, do you go down the scale? Like, and you've got to. Like, does it like right, work I, your way back up? I was unclean for for two weeks, and now I've got to add another week on it because I touched another unclean thing. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> one of his disciples just has a like a list with like check marks. He's yeah. like accruing time. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Jesus is like mega unclean at this point. So we keep going through a lot of these stories, and eight and nine are him touching unclean things, and we've we t- talked about that in a, a previous podcast about does that make Jesus unclean or does like his cleanness make them clean. So we do not know. Um, if you have a guess, let us know. So let's uh, let's read Numbers nineteen eleven through fourteen. All right. Whoever touches the dead body of anyone will be unclean for seven days. He must purify himself with the water on the third day, and on the seventh day, then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third and seventh days, he will not be clean. Whoever touches the dead body of anyone and fails to purify himself defiles the Lord's tabernacle. That person must be cut off from Israel because the water of cleansing has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. His uncleanness remains on him. Okay, so that would be, again, like his uncleanness is okay. Like it, It's normal. Like that woman was unclean for 12 years. Yeah. That's okay. It's the entering the tabernacle or going to the like temple or the like anything religious practices. You can't do that while you're unclean. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue. Um, so then he touches this woman and he is unclean for at least seven days at this point. And then, uh, again, he tells, uh, uh, don't tell anybody, like, don't, don't say anything. Um, I'm not really sure like what the plan here is like, okay, uh, nothing to see here. <laughs> Go home. Everything's fine. She was just asleep. Yeah. And that's it. And then, uh, and then when he goes like throughout the land, um, it's probably in Northern Galilee. He's like, or not Northern Cal. They are in Galilee. Galilee is Northern Israel. So that area, it's probably all up, up, up North. Hmm. So, <laughs> All right, everybody. Like, I, I'm not sure how to wrap this up other than to tell you that's the whole story. Thank you for being with us on probably one of our longest podcast yeah. episodes. Uh, and that was I, a lot. That was a lot, though. That was yeah. a lot to. We yeah. we make a lot out of a little. Yes, yes. So thank you again. Um, kind of interesting stories here, and hopefully we're starting to get a little bit closer to the end of chapter nine here. So yeah, and like Neil said, thanks for joining us. Um, check us out online, uh, Instagram at Beer and Bible Show. Yes. And then Facebook, um, both things. Just look for the mug and the cross. And thanks again.